0: To episode 155 of the Cricket Her Weekly. We should say, first of all, that we are recording this on Friday because I am off to Canada for a week.
1: Well, that sounds exciting, Raf. Will, will you be going to any ice hockey games by <laughs> any chance?
0: Yeah, they're not so big on cricket, but ice hockey is apparently a big thing, so I believe I will be going to an ice hockey game. That's not why I'm going to Canada, though. It is a work trip um, as part of my academic research, my, the academic side of my life. So that's exciting and, and will you be okay without me at home, Sid?
1: I think I'll survive, but we'll, we'll look forward to hearing all about it when you get back, Raph. Good. Now, let us like a nice cup of tea you've got there, Raf.
0: Ah, well Sid, guess what? It's actually coffee! Coffee, this week!
1: Boundary Breaker Coffee. So the people from the Cricket Coffee Co were kind enough to send us a, a free packet of Boundary Breaker Coffee, named after Enid Bakewell, who was a pioneer of cricket and a pioneer of coffee, apparently. Oh, really? um, and 50% of the profits from this coffee goes to support the MCC Foundation, who do great work. And you saw some of the work of the MCC Foundation when we were in South Africa. You may remember from the vodcast a couple of weeks ago that um, they've been running uh, programs in South Africa to uh, help kids in, in the townships in South Africa. So yeah, a great cause, and you can get your packet from the Cricket Coffee Co. And thanks to them for the freebie.
0: Yeah, buy the coffee. It smells delicious, and it tastes delicious as well. Good.
1: Now on to the cricket.
0: Yeah, well, we have just watched um, another game in the WPL. They're coming thick and fast, and it's been um, a, yeah, it's been a few days since we recorded our last. Um, podcast where we kind of talked about first impressions of the tournament so we've had a a bit more time to get into it now Sid have you got any any more thoughts so far overall thoughts
1: well I've certainly been really enjoying it Um, it's been great to have that appointment of you we talked about that back during the 100 and I know Mm. this is considered an appointment and the appointment of you is considered a big thing for the TV people because you get people tuning in at the same same time every day and that's been fantastic um, I've enjoyed tuning on I've been kind of doing my day job at the same time but keeping the cricket chugging along in the background it's been great to watch and it's certainly well it's, it's been an interesting tournament it's very much turning into a batsman's tournament it at this is. stage the commentators and Kate Cross in particular has been has been saying oh I think that you know it, it might turn into a bowlers tournament later on as the pitches, you know start to, obviously they're using the same two stadiums for the entire tournament although Kate Cross
0: has been saying that she's quite relieved to be up in the commentary box and not down out um, out there playing and trying to bowl in these conditions.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, of all the English bowlers, Kate Cross is probably the one that's that's done her reputation the, the most good in the <laughs> past. She's been excellent in the commentary box. It's been great to hear her her over there, um, along with you know some plenty of Indian colleagues and voices that we don't hear so much. So yeah, and have you got great.
0: have you got a team yet, Sid?
1: I haven't really, no. I, I still I, okay. sort of feel like I'm gradually getting to know the teams, but you know, I don't think I'm rooting for a particular one at this stage, but I'm loving the cricket.
0: I've picked a team. Oh. Um, RCB have the best uniform, so okay. that's the one I've gone for. Um, they've got those glittery silver labels on oh,
1: their well. backs. They've it's, got... it's all about the bling raff.
0: Well, you know, you, you say that, but it's as good a reason as any. Okay um now we have to some extent been on england watch um because that's our particular interest i've been really interested to see that both heather nye and alice capsey have bowled in this tournament now they're obviously um heather knight is not the captain of her team so she is being told to bowl and that's been really interesting to see her in a different role because she didn't bowl in the world cup there were questions about whether alice capsey would be able to bowl and should bowl again after her shoulder injury doesn't seem to be any problems with that shoulder as i think i tweeted um the first time i saw her bowling in the wpl so that's been interesting and then the um the english batters have had a little bit of a mixed start to the tournament soon. yeah
1: Natsev has had a you know had an alright start to the tournament um she, you know she's up there towards the, the top end of things uh, dunks has had one decent innings and one not so decent innings okay. you know but you know this is this is a tournament where you know the world's best are kind of really slugging it out and you know There are a couple of English players up there, but there's, you know, I mean, Meg Lanning's really. This is is actually the first time. I think I'm not wrong about this. this The first time Meg Lanning's ever played in an overseas franchise tournament. She's she's been down to play in several in the past, but has always pulled out. And this is the first time she's actually gone and played in one. And she's dominating Mm -hmm. just like she does in international cricket, isn't she? She's at the the top of that tree, and you know, she looks like she's never going to be dismissed when when she's actually out there in the middle. So she's been fantastic, Um, you know, and. Mostly otherwise, you know, it's, it's been like definitely a batsman's tournament, but the, the rewards have been quite, you know, fairly shared around, I think. You're
0: going to get criticised for that so you keep saying batsman, not batter.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Just a flag. Well, you know.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Sophia Dunkley, actually, because we had a question come in this okay. week. And it relates to dunks, so this is probably as good a time as any to bring it up. It's from Ben. Uh, no, it's from, sorry. It's from Andrew Brown. On Twitter, a bit off topic, but I can't help noticing that Sophia Dunkley seems to have had a change of tactics and is now looking to go at 200 at least in T20s. It seems to suit her a lot better than the more cautious approach that she was taking. Do you think this is a result of jumble, just form returning, or is it something else?
1: Well, one really interesting question is like, it, to what extent is this actually true? Sophia's uh, numbers, when you look at them, are actually really interesting in T20 international cricket. So I looked at just her England numbers. And in fact, if you look at every innings that she's played, then um, her strike rate is pretty even. It goes up a little bit from the beginning of her career. Don't forget, the beginning of her career was back in 2018 at the, at the World Cup in the West Indies. Oh yeah, of course um, it was. Obviously she's played a lot more matches over the last couple of years, but she's only seen a little bit of an uptick in her strike rate. But what's interesting is if you look at innings where she's scored 10 or more runs, then there's been a substantial uptick. So towards the beginning of her career, if she, you know she made ten or more runs, she was typically going at a strike rate of about 100. Now, if she makes more than ten runs, she's going at a strike rate of 150. So when she gets going, she is going much faster. Um, but she's still quite inconsistent. And the, you know that we've seen that in the last few innings for England. You know, three of her last four innings for England, she's not made runs and has gone at a strike rate of under 100. But when so she it's the, it's the consistency runs. that she's okay. lacking. But, but when, when she, she is making She's making runs. runs? She's making them more quickly. quickly. So why is that? Well Mm. what's your theory, Raf?
0: Well, I think she's really benefited from John Lewis coming in. Um, I guess a lot of the players would talk about this kind of change in mentality, but she seems to have been somebody who's been particularly able to embrace that. Absolutely. Um, I thought it was really interesting that um, John Lewis actually had her as his T20 opener right from the outset, right from his first game as coach. He wanted her to be opening the batting in T20 cricket, originally alongside Alice Capsie. Um Obviously, Capsey then had the injury um, and then didn't open in the World Cup um so that's quite a, an interesting decision but at the time a lot of people were saying oh i think that's a bit of too high a promotion for dunkley to be opening the batting in t20 cricket and this is only what three months ago um and actually uh yeah I, I think that's maybe a bad call and it should be lauren winfield hill opening the batting for example um so he obviously saw something in her for her to open the batting and um, in t20 cricket and now she seems to be kind of established in that position so i think that that has made a difference to her
1: yeah, absolutely. I think that, that it is very much mental. I mean, she was, she was, you know, always had a lot of talent, but it's like she, she always feels, felt, it felt like she was a, a little bit kind of psychologically flaky, if that's not a, not a mean way of putting it. Um, whereas, you know, now she's, she's got a lot more confidence and she's mm. able to, to, you know, go out there and play with that freedom. And that freedom's the word they talk about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. But I think that's what she's doing. So I think, I think that, you know, yeah. the impact of the, the John Lewis factor does seem to have, you know, boost, boosted her game.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to think that you know, 18 months ago, when she got her first—not um, her first England cap—because as you say, she did play a few. That sort of re-debut. 20s, but her re-debut at Bristol at the test, um, and she got that cap, um, and a lot of people were quite surprised by that and weren't necessarily expecting that. Um, and she kind of has quite quickly. Um, in in relative terms, established herself as a fixture in the England side. Um, And to have kind of gone from that original position that she had where she's batting at seven, to now be opening the batting. Um, it's been it's happened in a relatively short space of time, um, but actually she hasn't been a professional cricketer for that long, has she, Sue?
1: No, exactly. That that's that's a really important point as well. Yeah. That she was she was at Loughborough University, but she spread out her degree over a number of extra years. Okay. So you know that meant that you know, there's there's kind of two sides to being at Loughborough, particularly in the period she was there. It's like well you can almost be a professional cricketer because the England girls are training there, yeah. um, And you know you have that opportunity to be kind of part of that setup even when you're still a student but the other side of that is that you know if you're a student particularly if you're you know someone that's come from her kind of background where you know she's always had drilled into her that you know that the academics are important it's important Mm. she works hard it's important she gets good grades um, you know then it, you've always got that nagging at the back of your mind whereas in the last couple of years obviously since she's finished her degree um you know she's had that kind of freedom to just focus completely on the cricket and yeah that also seems to have done her a lot of good
0: and also be bumped up to one of those central contracts
1: well of course yeah i mean again that that makes that does make some difference you know to to, to the kind of security that you have yeah. and to, you know to your to your feeling of general well-being yeah and, and given
0: you, her the opportunity now to go and shine in overseas leagues.
1: yeah yeah and she's shown that you know she can do it if she. You can just develop that little bit more consistency yeah, and then she's really at that crossroads right. that kind of nat Siva was at like you know in sort of 2017 2018 where she was already a good player but it's like you, if you okay. want to make that last little step to be a great player then you have to have that consistency mm. and that's that's what she's still just about lacking but she's got the opportunity to make that step up in the next couple of years and it'll be really interesting to see if she does
0: great okay Um, We did also have another question come in um, in relation to WPL generally and actually about the boundary sizes. Um, So this was the question from Ben, um, again from Twitter. Um, He says, in your next podcast, please could you address how far we're bringing the boundaries in for women's cricket? I dread the boundaries moving in more than about five yards. Women tank the ball and don't need the boundary in too far from the men's placing of it. Please can we not kill off running twos and threes from the game? For all sorts of reasons so ben has obviously given us his view there um, and this has been something that's been really talked about over the um, first few days of the wpl because it has been apparent um or lo- you know lots of discussion about the fact that the boundaries seem quite short Um, and there have been multiple scores of over 200 which we've never before seen in franchise cricket um, and lots of sixes hit so um, you've been doing actually a bit of research on this haven't you Sid? Well
1: yeah I mean if you look at the playing conditions the playing conditions you know do state quite clearly for the WPL that you know we have a boundary size that's like five meters shorter than the standard international size so they've already gone for a slightly shorter boundary but this is actually normal in franchise cricket so it's the same in the 100 and in fact in the WBBL the playing conditions remove the minimum size for the boundary completely so you could obey Mm. the WBBL playing conditions with a 20-yard boundary
0: that's really interesting, um, and I wonder whether some of this scrutiny is because there are so many more eyes on the WPL, and it's much more visible, and people are kind of picking up on it in a way maybe they haven't done in the
1: WBBL. Yeah, definitely that, and there's also, you know, the other thing that's, that, that is apparent is that actually the PCC are not obeying their own planning conditions. Oh, the boundaries oh, are yeah. actually, in many cases, have been smaller than the planning conditions state the minimum should be. Um, right. so you know there's and so there's no doubt that the boundaries are small okay. um and you know there's no doubt that that changes the game i think that the, the that the difficulty here is like you know who who's in a who's in control of this situation um there there was actually some fuss last summer uh During the hundred, and there was a thunder game in particular at Old Trafford. No
0: Manchester Originals.
1: Uh, Ah, sorry, Manchester Originals. I (laughs) apologise.
0: I mean, anyway, it was all intents and purposes. It was basically the same thing. The
1: Manchester Manchester Lancashire team. Yeah, the Manchester Lancashires or the Lancashire (laughs) Manchester's. Uh, at Old Trafford and there was a lot of fuss about a very small boundary in that game. Yeah. And we actually spoke to someone at the ECB off the record um, about that and they said well you know the thing is that this is being driven by television and the television really want the boundaries to be smaller because they want those hits. And a lot of the what's going on here is probably mm-hmm. to do with that. That the television company you know have paid a lot of money for this, they need to, you know, to get subscribers. They need the social media clips that show balls going over boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in order to get those subscribers to kind of bring in those more casual fans because unfortunately it's not really about us anymore, it's not about, you know, Ben and, and you and me, It's it's about bringing in the, 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 the fans that, you know, the extra fans that they want. The hardcore fans don't matter anymore because we're going to watch it anyway. So what they want is this, to see the ball going over the boundary. And if they feel they're going to get more of that from a smaller boundary, then that's what they're going to do. Because those social media clips, you know, nobody cares whether or not it's gone 65 metres, 75 metres, 85 metres. They care about the fact that the ball's gone over, you know, a, a red home marker. Um, and There's the,
0: something about the way that that, um, that having a, that hitting a six is celebrated as well, isn't there? With kind of you know yeah. those fireworks or those flames that that go up at, at hundred. Yeah, and they sort of had a gun
1: sound effect they show on the yeah. replay. So the replay comes in and it's like. Yeah. Exactly. So they're they're
0: making a big deal of it Um, and I think that you're right and it's something that to some extent we also identified in the bit of research that I did on the hundreds that there's a bit of a clash going on between the expectations of your established supporters of cricket, um, who in this particular case would actually um, not support shortening the boundaries because they they kind of appreciate the nuances of the game and they realise that, for example, they they appreciate watching players run twos and threes. And we're totally on board with that. If you're a brand new fan though you don't care about that because you care about the excitement and the kind of bish bash bosh and the you know you want there to be those flames shooting up um as many times as possible because you have less of an expectation about what you're going to see and so as you've said actually for the tv companies um and for the probably for the bcci with this new competition they're trying to attract new fans they will cater for that market, rather than for the established market, because let's be honest, none of us are going to ditch women's cricket because the boundary sizes are too short. Yeah. that's not going to happen. So it's kind of win-win for them because they're not going to they're not going to get rid of any fans. They're just going to bring in new ones. So I think that's what's going on, definitely.
1: Now the one the one set of people that it might not be win-win for, however, this is this is an interesting thing I think, is the the Indian cricket team themselves, because. If the WPL is the kind of the, the the training ground on which they are, you know, nurturing the next generation of talent, yeah. those new Indian batters, you know, are coming in and learning learning the skills of the game on this training ground. I predict that a lot of Indian batters will be caught on the boundary at the next World Cup, because they'll be used to playing boundaries that are, you know, forty eight meters, mm-hmm. and suddenly the boundaries are going to be fifty eight meters, and they won't be able to make boundaries they thought they were going to make. So that'll be really interesting to see. Is this going to actually damage the ability of the Indian cricket team to be able to you know, control their boundary hitting at the next World Cup we'll see
0: yeah that is really interesting but maybe you know the BCCI will just um, campaign for the, <laughs> for the international boundary sizes to be shorter potentially maybe um, we did see a few years ago um, in England there was some controversy when Mark Robinson first became coach and there was that series against Pakistan in the summer of 2016 and the boundaries were really short yeah and Worcester in shortest, particular yeah. um,
1: we, we spoke to Mark Robinson after that and he said he pretty much said well I want to give the players confidence yeah you know I'm trying to develop these players exactly and you know, give them give make them, them the believe confidence that, that they, they can, can hit, hit those sixes, boundaries. yeah. So. And that
0: maybe that's what the BCCI are, are going to do as well. And actually, it won't have the impact that you that you've suggested. I think it's a really interesting <laughs> it's a really interesting point of discussion. And I guess that the debate will rumble on. It will. Anyway, um, we're going to keep tuning in. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Cricket Her Weekly, and um, we'll see you in a little over a week's time when I'm back from Canada. Bye for now. Bye.